Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. October's popularly spooky season, but when it comes to fans of horror, scary movies are great any month of the year. And with the recent surge in horror film popularity, there's no shortage of movies to enjoy for a frightfully good time. But what makes something not just spooky or creepy, but really horrific? Joining me in studio to talk about that, as well as share a few recs for flicks we should add to our horror film diet, we have Alex Rafi, Assistant Professor of Media Production at St. Louis University. Alex, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm happy to be here. So has there in fact been a horror resurgence, or is this broader mainstream you know, public just getting hipper to what's been out there? I think it's a mixture of the two. You have a lot more directors who are tackling horror in ways that are a bit unique, but also horror is a very popular genre. It's something that appeals to people widely, mm-hmm. and it's been constantly popular in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Now, how is it that you would define horror and give some specific attention to maybe what people get wrong about horror? Yeah, so I define horror as films that are meant to unnerve, scare, and disturb. And there's lots of different ways that you can do that. Oftentimes, we've got an outsider protagonist. Oftentimes, we're dealing with um, a setting that's a bit outside of the normal. Oftentimes, as people are well aware of, there's killings. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, it's not about the death, right? It's about the pain that people are going through. yeah, And it's a lens in which we can look at the social issues in our society and also individual issues that mm-hmm. people have. So the first film that you, Alex, personally saw that freaked you the F out, <laughs> what was that? It's embarrassing. I was a bit of a scaredy cat. There was a not horror film <laughs> <laughs> called The Saintly Switch. It's a David Allen Greer film. And there's one picture in that movie that scared me. What was Nightmares. That? <gasps> it's like this voodoo person and it's dark attic and I terrified and I'm like five or six watching it on Blockbuster Rental. Okay. Scared. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the first one then you you watched and enjoyed? I think the first one that I really, really watched and enjoyed as a horror movie, thinking about it, Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 film. Okay, so these are older films then. Yeah. Would you say that they feel, they sort of fit in with what people expect to be horror? And then what are some of the things that sort of qualify as horror, but maybe bring in some uh, some aspects that we might not necessarily think about right away? Yeah, so I do think older films qualify as horror. One of the things that often gets people to not watch them is the special effects of the era sometimes mm. aren't the best. Um, so that can be a barrier for folks with a film like Night of the Living Dead. But they still fit under the umbrella. They still are addressing social issues or personal issues, issues with body. Um, Night of the Living Dead is a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. So zombies are kind of quintessential horror for a lot of people. Right, right. So what I understand is that um, the the movie Silence of the Lambs yep. is one of your favorites. 
What is it about that film that really um, that's really stuck with you? Yeah, I'm a bit of a cerebral person, and psychological thriller and psychological horror are big appeals for me. I think with true crime being very popular, that kind of film where it is about a serial killer and Jodie Foster's character is enlisting the help of another serial killer to kind of track him down is very much in line with what people are watching in terms of the nonfiction space. Mm -hmm. So if people haven't seen that movie, they'd probably really enjoy getting into the psychology of the killer like Hannibal Lecter and understanding Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And as far as the visuals go, was there a visual in that film that stayed in your mind? Like one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it? Absolutely. I don't want to give a spoiler, but Hannibal Lecter kills a lot of people mm-hmm. with an everyday object. And the way that scene sets up, baffling. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins' masterclass in acting, mm-hmm. the cinematography in the film in general was just amazing. But there's yeah. also a social underpinning mm-hmm. in that Jodie Foster's character is one of the only female agents um, dealing with a lot of uh, paternalism and, right. and that. And misogyny, like, misogyny, all of that. Yeah, all of that. So, How is it, Alex, that you would describe the difference between a thriller and a horror film? Because I do think of Silence of the Lambs, that is, as being a thriller with horrific elements in it. I mean, is there a big difference? There is a big difference when you're thinking about horror films as like monster movies, when you're thinking about vampires. But I think there's always a thriller element. Um, film scholar Linda Williams calls horror one of the body genres, films that we feel very viscerally, mm. that make us sweat, that give us goosebumps. And thriller is sort of in line with that. We're getting them from different reasons sometimes, but the suspense and rhythm that you need to tell a good thriller and tell a good horror film are very similar. Yeah. So you mentioned visuals right away. I am not a fan of gory movies. I mean, if there's violence, if there's some purpose to it, then that is a little bit different. And it probably is no surprise that to me, what is scary isn't limited to what I see. It's also what I hear. Here's an example from the soundtrack of Jordan Peele's 2019 film, Us. So that is I Got Five on it. Uh, It's originally by the Loonies, and it came out in 95. The song was remixed for Jordan Peele's 2019 film, Us. So this is a song that I used to listen to in college, like on full blast, (laughs) little (laughs) Honda Civic. (laughs) And when I heard this, it just like, what we're hearing right now is sort of the, the classic horror sounds. For you, as someone who has made films and obviously enjoys them, what is scariest to you? Is it is it sounds? Is it characters? Is it settings? It's honestly the sounds. Um, sound is often what can separate uh, lower budget and amateur films from the professionals, the masters. Um, sound is important, but there's also a, something that's really uneasy about movement. Um, another Jordan Peele associated film is Candyman, the remake. 
or the uh-huh. continuation. The trailers for that film are horrifying. They've got this silhouette puppetry with paper, and then the music is just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also something about the everyday. So that, you know, I got five on it is familiar to me. Like taking what should be safe and normal and then twisting that around. What are some films that really do a good job of that? So this is a polarizing film in the black community. Um, I believe it's called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. It's Mm -hmm. Ari Aster's, um, one of his last films when he was still at AFI. And that really problematizes familiar relationships in ways that are grotesque Mm -hmm. and horrifying. Okay. What is the sort of the the basic description of that film? I kind of can't give it away. No? If I give you the description, the movie's kind of ruined. It's a short film. Okay. It's a short (laughs) film. Short and terrifying. So, you know, horror often is is disregarded in major film and TV awards. You know, what is it about horror that makes critics or general audiences n- maybe not take it seriously? And what is it that they're missing? So one of the downsides of the body genres in general, and that includes things like melodrama and, and comedy, is that because they are so appealing to the body, critics can easily write them off as being mass culture in ways that are kind of pejorative. Mm -hmm. But they miss out on the technical mastery required to do this well. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need amazing actors, but when you get amazing actors, you can create really, really amazing films. But you do need amazing direction to pull these off in ways that are satisfying or exciting and thrilling. Mm -hmm. There are lots of horror films that maybe aren't scary to some people, which is which is fine. Right, right. But to do it scary or do scary moments, you really do need to be a master of, of craft to mm-hmm. degree. Do you think that some of the, the series that we've seen, you talked about zombies earlier, like The Walking Dead, or like I think about Squid Game. I could not watch oh, that. Yeah. Has the popularity of you know scary series sort of encouraged greater interest in and consumption of horror? Yeah, I have to say that as part of it, too, because horror becomes more mainstream in different ways. One of the things about television is you get to grow with characters. And I think that space for seeing characters in these horrific environments over time gives us a bit of a empathy and a more intuition when we're looking at shorter stories like movies. Mm-hmm. And do you think that there is a sort of American sensibility about horror that is not something that translates like in other cultures. I think there's a lot of violence under the surface in America, unfortunately, and there is a cathartic element of horror to some people. But I also think as a medium that allows us to interrogate those aspects of our society, um, horror is just appealing, whether it's the outsider horror, the body horror, or social horror. Mm -hmm. All of it's there for us to kind of look at and, and experience. So as we move into some recommendations, I mean, is there an example of a a film, whether it was made in the States or outside it, that seems to be almost universally freaky? Universally freaky. I think The Exorcist is pretty (laughs) highly universally freaky. I think supernatural horror had a resurgence with films like The Conjuring, but I think The Exorcist, as a really high-grossing film that's highly acclaimed, is pretty universally freaky. Yeah. The idea of your child no longer being your child is is scary. Mm -hmm. And it's been remade, right? Yeah, remade or rebooted. It's hard to tell. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that the original one is scarier? I haven't seen the newest version. I think the original one 
is probably scarier. Okay. Just saying, because they, <laughs> they do a lot more spectacle with, with the newer versions. So in this last minute, what would be two films, just the titles, that you would recommend for people who are chickens um, but would really enjoy the films? If you're a chicken, you probably shouldn't watch this film, but I want you to give it a chance. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. It's an amazing movie. It's an alien movie. It's amazing. And then if you are a real chicken, action thriller, action thriller, action horror, like Prey, the more recent film that's kind of set in Comanche world is, is pretty intense and satisfying a lot of horror ways, but isn't necessarily scary. Alex Rafi is an assistant professor of media production at St. Louis University. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.